Thank you, Lord. I want to begin, well, let me just begin it. 14. I do not write. Okay, so Paul is talking about being stewards of the mysteries of God. He's talking about being a fool for Christ's sakes. He's talking about to present uh, to, that we labor and we work with our hands, being reviled and, and we blessed and being persecuted, we endure, being defamed, we entreat. We have been made as the filth of the world, the offscoring of all these things until now. And then Paul says in verse 14, like a father, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. And then he says something that's very powerful. He says, though, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. I want you to listen to this. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. Let me read another translation because it's, it, it, it's good. Um, he says, if I can find it. He says, you have many teachers, but not many uh, fathers. Not many of those who are watching out for your well-being. There are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong. But there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and the effort to help you grow up. I'm writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became a father through the gospel. You have a lot of people who are standing around waiting to tell you what you did wrong. But you don't have many men, not many fathers, to help you on the way. You ever wonder where all the father figures are? I, 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 and I was, I was going to test this because I didn't know if it would be true. But I look around here this morning and I see more women than I do men. I see more older women than I do older men. I do. Where are the older fathers? Where are the older men to lead and to help us younger or those younger than me and even me as being 40 years old? I need those older men in my life that have been and walked that way to help me in the ways that I haven't been yet. And I need them to come alongside and say, listen, I've been there. I've done that. You don't want to go that direction. Paul said, you've got many people, you've got many men that, are at, that will jump at the chance to tell you you did something wrong. But how many of them will take the time to really put into you what needs to be put into you? I just was thinking about a lot of those things this week. I'm a father, a father of three beautiful girls. And I think sometimes we overlook the difficulty that it is to be a man and a father. So, so women, let me talk to you for a second. And I get permission from Bishop T.D. Jakes to do this, okay? He said when his women's conference, he was telling them, it's hard to be a man. I'm going to tell you this morning, it's hard to be a father. Well, it's hard to be a mama. I know it is. It's hard to be a mother. But it's not Mother's Day. It's Father's Day. It's hard, <laughs> listen to me, it's hard to be a man. And I don't say that 
Because most men, a lot of men, would never admit to that. And some men don't, have, no, don't even know how to articulate it. And there are some men who are not even aware of it. But I'm telling you, the mandate, the mantle, the uh, privilege of being a father is hard. That doesn't mean that it's not worth it. It's just hard. I, growing up, you think that your parents just have it all together. And then as I became older and I got married and then I began to have kids and, and you begin to realize the, the, the challenges that come along with that, you look back and you go, oh, thank you, Daddy. You just have a greater appreciation for your earthly parents because you realize how hard it is. See, there's a lot of materials out there for mothers. There's a lot of materials out there for women. There's a lot of older women to impart. You know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of older women that are there to impart that knowledge to women. But where are the fathers? I believe it's because the enemy has strategically endeavored to attack and to destroy the father figure. He's always attempted to destroy the man because that's the head and he always attacks the head. I see more sick men than I do sick women. Older, older men and women is what I'm talking about. I see more. Do you realize that this generation is probably the, is probably the largest generation? of unfathered children that we have ever seen. And I don't mean that the fathers may not, they may be in the home, but they're not fathering the children. Why is that? Because the enemy knows. He knows if he can destroy the the father, he can destroy the marriage, he can destroy the family, and he can ultimately destroy the church. But it's not going to work. as I was getting ready this morning, the Lord, early this morning, the Lord said, I'm going to change your direction for your message a little bit. And I was like, okay, well, you're the boss. I mean, you're my daddy, so that's what you want to do. He said, there's three things I want you to realize about a father. See, we always talk about the responsibility. Fathers have a responsibility. And the Lord said, what about the privilege? And I said, oh, that's good. See, I have the privilege to raise three girls the privilege I remember before we ever got married I said I, my, 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 I'll probably have a house full of women and I remember when I had uh, when we started having girls Pastor LA's secretary she would always say to me she would always say it takes a special man to raise girls and I didn't realize but the Lord said I chose you And I give you the privilege to raise girls. He chose you and gives you the privilege to raise Ileana and Giovanni. He chose you and give you the privilege to be the father of Haley and Ryan and Will. That's a privilege. We talk about the responsibility, but see, the responsibility becomes less burdensome when you recognize the honor 
and the value that he's placed upon our lives. See, he looked down upon me and he said, I love you so much, I'm going to give you three beautiful girls. When you look at it from that standpoint, then the responsibility becomes less weighty because it comes with a sense of purpose and value. See, the devil's out to destroy men. He's out to destroy fathers. And I say, where are the, where are the older fathers? I mean, I value my father. He's alive. I value him. I value him more now than I did early on in life because I value the wisdom and the knowledge that he's gained sometimes just from doing it all wrong. There's value in that. We don't have, guys, listen to me. I'm going to talk to the fathers now for just a moment. Listen to me, fathers. We have an entire generation who's losing their manhood. We have an entire generation that gets lost in the overflow of deception in the world, and they begin to question whether or not they're even born the right way to begin with. We have an entire generation of young boys and men that don't even know what it means to be a man. Stand up for me. Langston, stand up. Bill, stand up. Casey, stand up for me. You, you got four different men at different stages in life. You've got four different men with strikingly contrasting different personalities. But it takes all of us to impart into this generation what it means to be a man. What it means to be a father. We have an entire generation that don't even honor the father figures and the elders in our life. Thank you guys. 1 Peter 5.5 5, In the same way you who are younger must accept the authority of elders, we, we don't, they don't even like that verse. They just act like that verse isn't even in the Bible. Likewise, you younger men of lesser rank and experience. So how many of you are of lesser rank and experience? Uh, I am. All of us are. A anybody in here older than the age of 60? Raise your hand. Okay, so the rest of us, I'm talking about men, the rest of us in the room that are men... We should what? We should be up under those men. <laughs> don't, women, you don't have to raise your hand this morning. This is just for the men. Likewise, you who are younger and of lesser rank, be subject to the elders, the ministers, and spiritual guides of the church, giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Why? Because that way when you're 13 years old and you're faced and you're going to school and you're faced with these emotions and these things and people start trying to tell you you're gay, now you got a father that goes, boy, you ain't gay. That's just the world lying to you, son. E even the... Yeah, I'm old enough, I can say it. Even the femininity that is crept into the clothing. No men ought not to wear that outfit. You know what I'm saying? 
We need somebody to teach us, like when I was growing up, you know, a man don't leave, leave home without a wallet and a what? His pocket knife. Why? Because you never need, you never know when you need to cut someone. I mean, something. Something. Well, we need those that we need to be taught how to, how to sharpen a knife. Those are things you, you just take for granted sometimes. But we have an entire generation that don't even know what that means. So no wonder when the influence of the world begins to creep in, they question a lot of things because they've never had it modeled in front of them. We need fathers to teach our young men that it's okay to go outside and pee. It's all, right to, it's all right to go and camp outside and not take a bath for a couple of days. We need that. Why? Because that's the way God created it. But if, but if all of our fathers are gone, if all of our fathers have passed away, if all of our elderly fathers are... Owned, listen, there are things that only a mama can give a son. But there are things that a son will never get without it being deposited by a father. Fathers give us things that we can't get anywhere else. An entire generation, listen to me, an entire generation where, where men are bombarded with the influence of the world and some don't even make it to the age of 30 before they decide to change their sexual preference. I don't condemn them. I condemn, I don't condemn anyone. I just say that the responsibility falls on the men, the fathers, to teach them what that means. Paul said, you have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers. That tells me that fatherhood is lacking to begin. We're already behind the eight ball. We're already behind the curve. We've got to step up and be bold. I I told her the other day, we were talking, and, and I was telling her about something. I said, I'm a guy, I mean, in my, as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm just bolder now. Yeah, yeah, to a complete strangers. You don't yeah me. I'm old enough to be your daddy. You yes, there's a respect and an honor that, that our children don't have. And unless we teach it to them, they won't know it. I remember one time there was a young man here that was helping, and he was sitting on top of the thing, dangling his feet on the... Papa Bill walked by him. He jumped down, and Papa Bill walked by him, and he said, good morning. He didn't say nothing. How many of you know that don't go by well with Papa Bill? And he stopped, and he said, young man, when I speak to you, you don't be disrespectful to people. You respond back to them. And he was like, yes, sir. We lost, we've lost that. We need to get it back. Fathers, we need it back. Let, let's, let's make a vow. Let's make a covenant. Let, let's, let's build one another up and establish one another in this principle that we will help each other and pray for one another, that we'll be 80, 90, and 100 years old and still around to impart that wisdom that we might not have had imparted into us. There's been an onslaught against that. I was thinking about the privilege of being a father. 
So what about girls or to the young, to the young women? What about fathers to young women? Most women in our society were raised not having a real man in the home, so the women in our life crave that which they don't get. So in that craving, there needs to be, there's a door that's open to the enemy to come in and causes those women to be promiscuous in their lifestyles because it's easier to get a man than to keep one. It's easier to help him reproduce and have offspring, but difficult to help him become a father and a daddy. See, we need fathers in the house to impart to the women, to the young ladies in our, in our lives, those naturally and spiritually, what it means to be a real man so that when they come up against some hood, I mean, some hood, I mean, so when they come up against some boy, no. We need to demonstrate to them and teach them what it means to be a real father, a real man. You ever notice in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, you could turn there. Ephesians 6, 4, he says this. Well, maybe if I could find it. Ephesians 4, <clears throat> verse 6. No, I'm sorry, not verse 6. Ephesians 6, 4, not 4, 6. Ephesians 6, 4. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Notice he didn't say that to women, to the mothers. He said it to the fathers. Why? Because the mandate upon the father is to bring them up, to train them in the admonition and the honor of the Lord. But in that mandate, we have to be careful that we don't provoke our children to wrath. Why? Because we're already built for correction. We have to be careful that we don't provoke them. It's a privilege. Turn to your neighbor and say it's a privilege to be a father. Y'all here this morning? So with both the females and the males the Lord said, I've given the fathers a key. We always get key rings on Father's Day. You ever notice that? The key rings or bookmarks or something like that. And I said, Lord, I want to do something different. And he said, well, why don't you give them a key? And so the key is where I get my message this morning. The key is where I get the, and I didn't get them till this morning, but the three things. See, when you get a key, what does the key represent? Well, first of all, it represents a privilege. You don't give a stranger a key. They haven't earned the privilege of a key to your house. You know, we, we have given permission and given somewhat the, uh, the, uh, the privilege, the key to Haley. Because she's like, she is a daughter to us. And so she has a key. She has the privilege to come into our house because that's how much we love her. That's how much we care for her. But she didn't get that overnight and she doesn't, she doesn't disrespect it. But, but the key represents privilege. You don't give keys to people that don't have the privilege. It's an honor. I ain't giving you a key to my house this morning, but it's an honor. It's a privilege to get a key. This is a privilege for us, guys. 
So the other thing I thought that the Lord said this morning was, okay, what comes after the privilege? What else does a key do? I mean, you got the privilege to go to a, to a door, but what does it also give you? It gives you the authority to unlock that door. We have authority as fathers. We have authority in the lives of the young men and the young women and, the, and, and everyone else that's included in the family, in our natural family, in the family of God. We have the authority to speak things whether we realize it or not. That's why he said, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up. We have the authority. We didn't just have the mandate. We have the authority to bring them up in the admonition of the Lord. You know, we watched a movie the other day, and it was called... Uh, Deep Water Horizon. Have any of you seen that movie? It's a powerful movie. It's, it's about uh, in 2010 where the, out, off the Gulf of Mexico, Deep Sea Horizon, Deep Water Horizon was an oil rig that they were using to drill the hole. And you remember when that happened? Anyway, the oil rig exploded. And they say somewhere an estimate of 4.9 million barrels of oil spilled into the Gulf of Mexico. So this movie was about the crew that was on that oil rig. And at the end of the movie, everything's exploding, everything's blowing up. And so the, the hero of the movie, so to speak, was Mark Wahlberg. Because Mark Wahlberg's the hero of every movie he's ever in. But he, his, his real name was Mike Williams. And then there was a young lady, her name was Andrea. And, and they were the last two people that couldn't get off the rig in time with the safety boats. And I mean, there's oil all over the place. Everything's burning. Everything's exploding. And so, they're at, so, the, so the boat leaves and they're faced with, what are we going to do now? And so Mark Wahlberg looks over the edge and he looks at her and she's freaking out. How many of you know that one of the things that God has given a man is the ability not to freak out in pressure? I mean, that's true. Can all the men in the room, can I get a witness? Under pressure, right? So he looks at her and she's just, I mean, she's lost it. She's just losing it minute by minute, second by second. He says, we got to go higher in order to jump over the fire. And I thought, Lord Jesus, that'll preach right there. You got to go higher. He said, we got to go higher. And she's like, what do you mean? He said, we got to go higher. And so they climb up to the helicopter landing pad, which is probably some 10 stories, 15 stories up above the water. And he says, we got to jump. And she goes, I, I can't jump. He says, we've got to jump. And she said, I can't do it. I, I'm just not going to do it. And she just, she just emphatically just, she just rebels against everything he says. And she says, I'm not doing it. I can't do it. She's just, I mean, she's lost it. And he said, I'm not, I'm not committed to dying. I'm going to see my wife and I'm going to see my daughter. And he turns away to walk away and to go jump and something grabs a hold of him. That fatherly instinct. And he turns around to her and he says, you're going to rebuild that engine that she's been working on. We're going to rebuild it together. She says, I can't. He says, yes, you are. And he grabs her and throws her over. And the Lord said, we need fathers to help throw people over that are in the midst of hysterical, 
They're not, they're not there yet. They're, they're, they're freaking out. They don't know what to do. In the spiritual life of a church, they don't know what to do. And we need fathers to come up and grab them and say, it's going to be all right, and throw them into the water of the Holy Spirit. We need that. We need men and fathers that will sit down and say, everybody take a deep breath and the building's on fire. Everybody take a deep breath and follow me. We're going to go this way. So they jump off, they live, they survive. He gets hit, he gets injured, but he jumps off. And she says, thank you for saving my life. Well, how many of you know, for a man, sometimes the impact of the emotional state at which you've just kind of encountered the thing doesn't happen till later. So later on, he's in his hotel room and he's trying to wash all the blood and everything off his face. And he trips and falls and just collapses under the weight of the pressure and the emotion and he just starts I mean just sobbing crying and then his wife comes in and his daughter and they kneel down beside him and they start praying over him and they start counseling him see it's all right that's the way God created us to compliment but if 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 you're not standing up if the fathers aren't doing what they're supposed to do then we never get to the place that we're supposed to be. And so the last thing the key represents, not just, not just the privilege, not just the authority, but the access. It gives us access into things. There are keys that you have, and I got these keys. We're going to hand them out to you guys, but this key is not cut. Because it's a key that the Holy Spirit, that God Himself will cut and give you access into people's lives and into the realms and the rooms of their lives that they don't have access, that other people don't have access to, but you do as a father. There's people that are in our lives that we have the word of the Lord for them. And there are times where we can give it and there are times that we can't give it. But we still got the access. We still have the privilege and the authority, but we don't have necessarily, they don't give us the access, but it doesn't mean that you don't. So, <clears throat> how are we going to end this? How do, we, how do we bring this to a conclusion? Fathers, I want you to understand that we have the privilege of being not just natural parents, but spiritual parents in the household of God, in society in general, we have a mandate to be the father and to be that leadership role in society. Because left to it in and of itself, society is going down the road that we don't need it to go down to. But he has put us on this earth for such a time as this so that we can redirect that course and redirect it and take it to the place and the destiny that God has for it. He's given us the authority. We don't take our authority enough. We don't speak with authority enough. We think sometimes because we live in a society that is so not even polite is not the word because you can use authority and be polite about it. But we live in a society that detests authority. And therefore we cringe back 
because society has pushed on us so much. But can I, can I tell you something that the Lord's telling me that, that He's unctioning us to do? We need to push back. Fathers, we need to push back. Men, we need to push back with the authority that God has given us, that He's mandated for us. If God will never tell you to do something that He doesn't give us the ability and the authority to do it. Pray. We need to pray for those, for our children, for our church, for our leaders. We need to pray with authority. Don't ever go back. Let's not go back to the Lord anymore and say, Lord, if it be thy will, about things that we know. Lord, you said pray in 1 Timothy that for our leaders and those that govern us in the authority that we may live a quiet and peaceable life. We should stand up with authority and pray that. We should be able to speak to the demons and to the Satan's imps and the hordes of hell in people's lives and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get behind me and get under my feet. We should do that. One of the things that was dearest to me about this woman right here was that she never diminished my authority as a husband and as a, as a father, she encouraged it. When we were courting, we weren't even engaged yet, we were courting and my brother was in a wreck and we started driving going to that wreck and I remember praying in the spirit and I remember binding and loosening and I had to turn up the volume because she started doing the same thing. Guys, we have authority. We have authority over this house. We have authority over this city. We have authority over this place. And we take that authority, not lightly, we take it with a reverence and an honor that God has given us the privilege. He has made us to live in this city. He has made us to be a part of this community. We should take that authority. I'm not talking about some event. I'm talking about every place that the sole of your feet shall tread. He has given to us and we walk into every place and we say this is for the kingdom. And every, and we were driving this morning and I saw a young man with a cigarette out of his mouth, no shirt on, walking around with a basketball on Sunday morning. And the Lord said, it's not his fault. He needs a father. Why has this generation lost the desire for church? Because we as fathers, either before or currently, has not instilled the value and the privilege. Guys, we get the privilege to gather together without the fear for our life. Stand with me. 1 Timothy 5.1 says, Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father. John, would you go grab the kids for us, please? I'm going to ask all the fathers to come on up. Well, 
let me get the elders. Let me get Langston, Bill, and Casey. Y'all come on up first. More sitting here. Y'all come on up. Save one for more. Y'all come on up here. See, these are the spiritual fathers. These, listen to me. These aren't just men. Paul said you have many teachers in your life, but you don't have many fathers. I can tell you with full confidence that these men are the fathers. We are the fathers of the house. These men care for you. They pray for you. They labor for you. They meet for you because they love you. They care about you. Men that don't quit, that don't give up. And all of us, sometimes as hard-headed as the next one, just refuse to accept anything but the perfect and complete will of God for your life and the life of this church family. And so I wanted to honor them first as the fathers of the house, representative of the spiritual father and covering that they provide. Listen to me. I didn't intend to say this, but if you're going through things in your life and you need prayer, there they are. Here we are. There should never be a time where you, you should never, there should never be a time where you start and make a significant life-changing decision in your life without consulting, listen to me, without getting the advice and the prayer and the covering of your fathers. We have never, in all the decisions that we've ever made, significant decisions in our life, we have fathers that speak into it, that we allow to speak into it. Don't lose that. Because listen, because if you submit it to them, and you say, I'm praying about starting a business, and you submit it to them, and we pray over it, and we buy, and we get a word from the Lord, you're going to tell me that that's not going to be healthier than the alternative. healthier than the alternative. So I encourage you from this moment forward don't look at them, don't look at us as just men, don't look at us as just elders, but elders means fathers overseers, shepherds embrace that come on will you, will you embrace it let me get all the other fathers to come on up all the kids, y'all come up here to the front right here by Miss April. All the fathers line up right here on the back. Hang on, I'll give you, hang on. Do you know what to do? She said she knows what's to do. Hallelujah. 
All right, kids, take those keys and give them out to all the daddies. Go give your daddy his key. Everybody got one? Some of y'all got two? That's all right. You can give one to your daddy if he's still alive. Hallelujah. We got extra we can give out to some of the other fathers later. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. All right. Well, let's do this. Everybody bow your head. Just stretch your hands forward towards the fathers. Why don't you pray for us, baby? y'all could go be up there with your dad or your grandpa thank you Lord as Pastor Lawrence was getting the message ready this week and he was sharing how the Father was downloading to him the significance of what the key means. I told him that I just felt like the Lord was saying that this is his will. This is his will for the restruction of what is to come for this generation. And so I just pray over you, fathers. I just, I just feel the Lord saying, you are a good, good father. You may not have always done it right, but you tried. And you may have children or grandchildren that have, you know, not said it enough or not ever said it. But I guarantee you that trying that you performed in their life, they recognize it. And if they don't recognize it now, they will recognize it when they have a family, when they have children. And they will look at you and they will say, you are a good, good father. You are a good father to me. And so I just want to encourage you because there's so many fathers that they don't even try. They don't even do anything. And those of you that that try, that try to make up for times past, that... Um, tries to say, okay, okay, Lord, I've given it all to you. I want to make it right. The Father says he sees that. He sees your heart. He sees the temptings that you have made to change and to be. And the Father just says, you are a good, good Father. And I just feel like there are some of you that just feel like you did. You felt like you didn't do it right. And the Lord says, no. The Word of God said, train them up in the way they should go. And that even when they are old, they will not depart. And that that fruit that you have planted, that seed that you've planted them, the reason why you may not see that fruit quite yet is because they're not old. But that they will not 
depart from the Father. So, Lord, I just thank you for our, our earthly fathers that you have given us here in this body, Lord. I thank you for these men, Father God, that they are men of sound mind, that they are men that, that they, they desire to dwell with you, Father, so that they can train us all up in the way that we should go. And so, Father, we just thank you that you have given them to us, that these exact men you've given to us, these exact characters, spiritually and physically, that you have given to us, that this is such a time as this that, that we, as a church, we need. So we just yield to y'all and we just thank you. We honor you. We love you. We adore you. We are so grateful. We're grateful for the security that you give us. We are so grateful for the strength that you give us, for, for the protection that you provide for us, for the hedge of protection yes. that you provide for us in your prayers, spiritually, naturally, in the physical realm, the strength that your hands physically have, the strength that your hands spiritually have. We thank you for that. We thank you for seeking him, we thank you that even whenever you feel like you failed, you still turn to him, you repent, and you seek him. And we thank you for that. We just desire that today just be a day that all of you fathers are just overwhelmed by the love that not only that your heavenly father gives you, but that your earthly family gives you. And we glorify you all and we lift you up in Jesus' mighty name. And we say, Happy Father's Day. Yes, we love you. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, listen, why don't you go and pamper your fathers? Fathers, you've got permission to just do whatever you want to do. Y'all be blessed. We will see you Wednesday night at 7.